A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. Baby, I'm yours, yours until the rivers all run dry. In other words, until the day I die. That was a song I loved listening to when I was a wee little lass. And I listened to the version by Debbie Boone because my father was a Debbie Boone fan, which was very cute. A little Asian man just coming to America, working so hard for his family, decidedly drawn to You Light Up My Life and the likes. So like him, he's such a sweet human being. While my mother was more of a Donna Summers Bad Girls fan. We're going to save that for another episode. But the lyrics to Baby I'm Yours, dramatic, right? It's no wonder relationships are so full of drama. And the closer the relationship, the higher the chance for drama. Now, in our last episode, I talked about the greatest love of all. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about the love of self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? You heard correctly. Contrary to popular belief, the greatest love of all is not the love of self, according to yours truly. I talked about it in the last episode, so be sure to check that out after this one. Now, even though I don't believe that the love of self is the greatest love of all, I do believe that it is crucial especially if you're on the frequency. Let me break it down for you. Let's do easy fractions. Let's say that one third of the population are the active users, abusers, and otherwise harmers in the world. The other two thirds are decent, but only half of that group extend their love and care beyond their self-interests. That is, beyond themselves, their family, friends, etc. This one third of the population essentially carries the world. Of this third that have a conscious connection to humanity is an even smaller fraction of people that are in a position, whether mentally, emotionally, financially, whatever it is, to extend their efforts of care beyond their own survival. That's too little. That's too great a burden on too few people to keep humanity afloat. This is where you and I come in, and self-love is the buoy. Well, it's a lot of things, but it can definitely sustain you in the most difficult times and even save your life. But I know that sometimes, especially people who are very sensitive to other people's pain and suffering, can often forget about their own well-being. And I'm here to say that that is not okay. Okay? Because, like it or not, we're all out on the battlefield here together. And there are just too few of us who live, breathe, and fight for team humanity. And the world needs you well because it needs your capable goodness just as much as you, those you love, and those who love you back do. Now that you know the why, it's time for the fun part. Ooh, love to love me, baby. Of course, Donna Summer's version is love to love you, baby. But I want you to get your buoy on the shore. And here's how you're going to do it. In addition to professional trauma-informed therapy, of course. First, let's do the most basic troubleshooting, which is assessing if the problem is what we think it is or if it's something else. So for this case... The question is, do you actually have a self-love problem or do you have a self-care problem? Think of it in these terms. 
Now, whether or not you have kids, you know that parents can fall short of what their kids need. The most attentive parents could fall short of giving the independence that their child may crave. And on the other hand, a parent that believes their child is fine and independent enough could fall short on their child's need for more attention and care. In any case, there's not a question of whether or not the parent loved their child, but whether or not the parents paid enough attention to recognize and respond to specific needs that their child had. I thought about this because I kept hearing people say or write online, including professional development coaches and influencers, that if you didn't self-care, you didn't love yourself. In some cases, that may be true, but not always. And I think it's really important to be clear with your diagnosis because not all symptoms that may seem similar point to the same problem. And if you don't diagnose it correctly, you may prescribe something that's insufficient or possibly even harmful. Now, if you've determined or suspect that you're lacking in self-love, I highly encourage you to find a trauma-informed therapist, particularly one who could help mobilize the trauma that may be stuck in your body as well. Aside from physiological and or chemical things that may be going on to your body, Due to trauma and sustained depression, anxiety, all of those things, at the root of why we may not like ourselves is often due to messaging that we were given, whether directly, indirectly, intentionally, accidentally, physically, and or verbally. I'm not a therapist, so I can't get down to the nitty gritty of all those items, but I want you to recognize that a lot of the thoughts and feelings you may have against yourself were likely put in there by somebody else. Even if someone didn't say specifically that you weren't lovable, they said or did something that was interpretable by you to mean that you are not lovable, you are not good enough. Now, maybe that's what they meant to do, or maybe that wasn't what they meant to do. Regardless, that message is what you're living with. So let's peer into that a little bit. I want you to think about the person or persons that you identify with these emotions of unworthiness. If you feel comfortable and safe, Think of the time that they did or said that thing that has stuck with you. If you can remember, notice how they looked, their facial expressions, their tone, posture, movements. Now I want you to shift. See them in your mind as a person separate from someone that you know. That is, pretend that you have a case study on this person. You have a file with their stats and as you're thinking about them in your mind, that image or snippets of the interactions you've had with them the same ones you've probably been replaying ad nauseum for years and years, I want you to imagine are simply video footages of the suspect that is under your investigation. Do you see them? You know their stats, their lifestyle, their associations, to a degree their beliefs, and the general profile of who they are as a person. I want you to take all of these into account as you ask yourself this very important question. How are they qualified? How are they qualified to determine that you are not lovable or worthy? If your answer began with because, as in because they're my parents, because they're my church leader, because they're my friend and they're looking out for me, because I keep messing up, I have some good news and some good news for you. Which one do you want to hear first? Okay, the good news. Now, this is assuming that they intentionally mean to put you down and blatantly tell you that you're not worthy. They are wrong. And why they're wrong is connected to the second good news. You are wrong. If you started your answer of the question, how are they qualified with because, you're wrong. 
because no one is qualified to determine such a thing over another human being. Although people may have opinions about it, and some people may make it very debatable, and I'm talking about people who are atrociously cruel to other human beings and or animals, but that's not you. So from here forward, remember this. Your lovability and worthiness are not up for debate, and no one's qualified to say otherwise. With that in mind, let me ask you something. Do you consider yourself reasonably intelligent? Do you consider yourself reasonably reasonable? If you answered yes to these questions, which is a valid answer for someone on the frequency, but if you're reasonable and intelligent, pray tell, why would you take notes or otherwise take in what is put out by someone who is sorely unqualified? I'll tell you why. It's because you've probably been going on autopilot since the impact because you've been focusing on life on the outside, furiously swinging at all the balls that keep coming your way. Okay, that didn't come out right, but you know what I mean. So the child you that is really needing your attention is not getting it. And when we're so distracted with external survival, we can easily become neglectful of what's really important on the inside. So I'm popping in here not to tell you what's obvious because I don't think that you're smart or reasonable enough, but to interrupt your current flow, to remind you that you know better, you can do better, and you deserve better. But you have to recognize that you deserve better. All those things that people may have implanted in your head may seem like they hold the power, but the truth is the bouncer and script manager are yours You have the power to hire, fire, recognize, and desire better for yourself. And this can't be a passive or lazy desire either. More after this quick break. Stand up and take a shake. Remember in the beginning of the episode where I said that relationships were full of drama and the closer the relationship, the more difficult? Why do you think that is? Well, from my own personal experience and observations, it's usually a one or a combo of the following. Difference in values or expectations, miscommunication or lack thereof, connection or intimacy issues, and or betrayal. Now, I want you to think of that list's items and any others that you want to add and apply them to the relationship you have with yourself. Have you been connecting and communicating with yourself in a kind, compassionate way? Have you had your own back for your wellness and happiness? Or have you abandoned or otherwise betrayed yourself by siding with things, people, and ideas that put you and keep you down? If so, therein lies a big chunk of your problems because, my friend, those do not a good relationship make. Now, this applies to whether or not you are connected to your love for yourself because you may care for yourself but not really love yourself or you may love yourself but not take care of yourself. Here's how those differences look. For example, you can care enough about yourself to recognize that someone is mistreating you and feeling that pain for yourself but you're so disconnected from the love of yourself that you adopt that belief of unworthiness and unlovability and act from that place of pain and insecurity. So not only are you going to be disconnected with yourself, you're likely going to have a hard time really connecting with somebody else. 
because you're going to put the task that belongs to you, the one of recognizing your worth and lovability, onto the other guy who may already be showing up and doing his or her part loving you. That's too much work. And if you're not careful, you can become the harmer that you didn't recover from. I've seen it many times and it is not pretty. Now, if you love yourself but aren't taking care of yourself, it would look a lot more like the younger and naive version of myself, which lasted a couple decades. That is, you could put yourself in situations or the company of people who are not suited for your best interests. Now, you may ask, why would someone put him, her, themselves? And I'm just going to use themselves singularly here because our language is insufficient at inclusivity, unlike how some other languages are in the world. So we don't have a better pronoun to use. So anyways, why would someone who loves himself keep putting themselves in compromising positions and situations? For me, it was because I really wanted to help people. I saw a lot of broken people and had so much compassion for them because I could see they never had what I had growing up. I would think, what a unique position for me to be in, to know what I know and be able to give to those who don't. But I didn't know what I didn't know, which included the complexity of childhood and or generational trauma, which yielded different results than that of the trauma I'd experienced from teenager on up. The whole point being that there was not a question for me that I was lovable or worthy. And this has nothing to do with what you see on Instagram. Feeling cute? Follow me. So not like that. My sense of self-worth and lovability stem from my instincts and connection with humanity. The love and sense of self-worth that I have, I feel, come from truths that are inherent for everybody. I just happen to have stayed connected with that truth, whereas some may struggle with it. And it's no wonder because the loudest voices are the proudest voices. And that's a very different kind of self-love, one that is egotistical, disconnected, and alienating. But because connection to humanity is instinctive to me, it overlaps with my connection to myself. And that makes self-love easy for me because it's consistent and logical on an intuitive basis. It feels very natural, clean, and uncomplicated. There's no overthinking it. And I think that's key. Think about it. I do see the irony in me saying that, but I mean, think about it and don't overthink about it. For example, look at our judicial system. If a lawyer in a case is able to rationalize all the bits of information that he has and manipulate both that information and the juror's emotions and thoughts, he could win the case without actually serving justice. Big corporations do this all the time. Now think of the mean voices and harmful messaging you have in your head as an attorney who is trying to take you down and put you away for life. Where's your attorney? For some reason, they're not there. They're not speaking up on your behalf as they should, even though their views would be backed up by people who want justice and who want you to be set free. All your attorney's got to do is get up and do their job. Now look at the other attorney. Take a close look. Wait a minute. Isn't this the person that was under investigation that you had those files and video footage of earlier? They aren't qualified to practice in your jurisdiction. I doubt they're even qualified to practice in their own. Get them out of here. As for you, young person, you're worthy, you're lovable, case closed. Margaritas for everyone! Yeah! All right, all right, everybody settle down. Now, if you still need a little coaxing because you've been pounded down in this stale courtroom for so long, here's a little exercise from the outside of yourself looking in. You might want to grab a pen and paper for this exercise. 
Now you're going to divide this paper into two columns. They aren't going to be even though. Make the right column maybe two inches wide. On the left column, list in whatever detail and fashion that you feel safe doing so, the crap that you've been through. You don't have to list everything in detail. You can just have the highlights. And you may want to add to this list over time, but just get a couple down first. You can pause this to do that. Okay, if you're back, I want you to go to the top of that column and label it Shiznit I Survived. Everything you listed is reason for you to love, love yourself extra and give yourself the compassion that you so deserve but have been waiting for someone else to give you. If you could see yourself from the outside looking in, if you could observe the younger you going through all these painful events and situations, how could you not love yourself and maybe even be proud of yourself for getting yourself all the way here? where you're listening to a podcast about how to be better. Better as a human, better as a helper for humanity. So this is a column about a person who went through these hard things and deserves love and compassion. Now this person deserves them regardless, but if you feel like you need to see tangibles, there you have some to start. Now, on top of the right column, I want you to pose the question, did I do this to someone else? Some of those items on the left column may not apply to this question, but just answer the question with a yes or no where they do apply. After you're done, take a look at your column. Every no where you did not pay forward that act of pain is testament to your strength and reason for you to be proud of yourself. All the yeses gave you information that you can now use moving forward to become stronger and a force for healing in the world. But as with everything else, you got to choose it. Now, if those yeses are parts of behaviors that you've already changed and overcome, you can answer the question to this third invisible column in our mind, would I ever do this again, with a no, bringing up the tally for your progress and victory even higher, because these yes-no columns represent your worthiness by your metrics, and that is qualifications based on what you do. Now, you know I don't believe in that, that we have to earn our worthiness, but I understand it can be a stretch from where you're coming. So I'm giving you this ramp to transition away from that. You can't solve anything overnight, but you can be on your way right now. To wrap this up, here are the key takeaways. First, identify if this is a self-love or self-care issue. If self-love, number one, if and when you're able, start working with a trauma-informed therapist. Two, note the characteristics of your dream friendship and become that for yourself. How you look at, speak to, think of, and support yourself matter, and they matter the most. Three, boot unkind and unmotivating thoughts from your mind. They come from the unqualified. Now, if your struggle is with self-care, it's a logistics issue. So, one, prioritize mindfulness of your environment and the company you keep, and allocate time and attention accordingly. And two, boot what's misaligned with your core values, potential growth, and highest integrity. Regardless of what the issue is, always remember that your lovability and worthiness are not up for debate, nor neglect, nor misuse. Remember all the shiznit that you got through, all the harm that you did not pass forward, and all the mistakes that you've overcome and commit to not repeating. I mean, if I had a dollar for every relationship with someone who did those things for me, I'd have about 50 cents. Okay, Maybe more than that, but not by much. 
So what I'm saying is, if you're able to do these things for yourself, you're going to have an extraordinary relationship with yourself. And that's very sexy. On that note, the next time you listen to some love songs, see how you can apply their lyrics from yourself to yourself. Feel free to borrow my love song to myself, Baby I'm Yours, covered by Debbie Boone, originally sung by Barbara Lewis. The lyrics are sweet and timeless, as love should be, for ourselves as well as others. And don't forget the chocolates or a cappuccino in a good book. Speaking of which, I have a coffee date to catch. Make sure you're treating yourself as well. This is Yasmin Joy. Thanks for being on The Frequency with me. See you next time. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into The Hero Frequency.